hamster with a blunt penknife would do it quicker. Hello, and welcome back to Hamster with a Blunt <laughs> Penknife. <laughs> I'm Mark, uh, and I'm joined by Joe. Hello. Uh, and Cassie is still here with us. She is. Uh, she's got some foliage over her brood bits now, so <laughs> I'm back pleased about that. <clears throat> yes, um, and we are back to talk about part four of the Keeper of Traken. Uh, the Sanctum has been invaded, and it's far, far too late, apparently. That's right. And it's no longer only the beginning. It's almost oh. the end. <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> and we've got our um, truck and cocktails are still on the go. If you hadn't noticed, listeners, yeah. <laughs> we have been <laughs> Foster's delight. Really, is a delight. Uh, Melka's revenge. Oh no, not Melka's revenge. What's it called? Melka's revenge. Was it Melka's emerges? Melka emerges. <laughs> you have every single episode. You've forgotten. I've the name changed the, the name of it. Uh, Melka emerges continues to be a Foster's delight. Yeah, um, I'm trying to keep track of every time Trark and Melka and Keeper is uh, mentioned. I think last episode I didn't say what it was. Are you going to tell me up at the remember. end? Are you gonna, yeah, you know, you did, you did. Oh, okay. Were you remember. totally up at the end? Sorry? Were you totally up at the end for people? Oh, yeah, okay, I'll try if I can. Um, so uh, we would like to just put in a disclaimer, though. <clears throat> Should you be doing this commentary alongside us with drinks... Um, and we, you know, we'll put out some pre-publicity to say, you know, have this one with a drink. Um, there's a drinking game involved. Should you be unconscious right now or near to death? Because I have a feeling that Trark and Keeper, Melka and Rude jokes have come aplenty in this story so far. <laughs> Let me we... drink. <laughs> <laughs> we accept zero responsibility for your physical or mental state. <laughs> It's fun to have a drink sometimes with Doctor Who, classic Doctor Who even as well. Well, I think I feel like like we've got a couple of minutes before we need to go in. Why, why don't you say how this all began? Because you created the Terranation game. Well, I mean, and also, can I just say, I don't drink that much really. Generally, I don't. Honestly, I don't. But sometimes it's fun just to you know have a have a drink while you watch something like classic Doctor Who. So I thought I would do. Um, a Terry Nation drinking game. So I did all, I watched all of the Terry Nation episode ones uh, because they are all very similar if you, if you look at the format. Mm -hmm. uh, so it was drink, you know, every time there's radiation or the TARDIS breaks down or it's a deserted planet or something like that. Um, so I thought I'd do a little experiment. Um, yeah, it was good fun. It was good fun to do. And he was taking pictures alongside the evening. And in the first picture, he looked really bright and fresh-faced. And come the last picture, well, we might add this to the publicity as well for this uh, commentary, he looked so pissed. <laughs> well, you, you see, know, I did you know start you, out you know when you're so drunk, with the Daleks episode one. It was, I did try and do a shot every time something happened. I had 10 different things. And then it turned into sips after that because shots, too much for every single thing that happens in the Terry Nation script. You know when you get so drunk, you kind of look off right. You can't actually focus. That's how you look in that last picture. And um, Okay, I wasn't that bad. I kind of feel like, feel like I need to kind of redress the truth here a little bit because where uh, Mark says he doesn't drink very often, I'll have, you know, I spent 
four evenings with the man and he had drinks every single night while we were at that convention. Okay, that is the only time I drink. I do not drink regularly. If I go to a convention, I will drink. If I feel like doing a perination thing, I will drink. But generally, it's not a lot. Uh, so, and also in that Terry Nation drinking game, if you include Mission to the Unknown, a lot of those regular things aren't there. So I did water. That was the water stop. Mission to the Unknown Interesting. obviously doesn't have a lot of those things. So that's a good water stop for that if you're doing that. I mean, if we'd have like made this drinking game every time someone gives an arch line reading in The Keeper of Trarkan, we'd have been under the table by the end of episode one. <laughs> Actually, I did a, a master drinking game as well i tried just random master episodes okay uh, so that that started to work i don't think i did any keeper trucking in that one though i didn't get too far on that how's your liver uh, holding up how's my what sorry your liver holding up <laughs> liver oh yeah it's fine <laughs> alcohol, 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 oh God, talk. alcohol affects the liver darling yeah, no, but I don't drink that much, so it's fine. It sounds like you're playing quite a few of these drinking games. That's what I'm saying. <laughs> yeah, it's not like I do it all the time. <laughs> Special occasions. Given the state of this country, it's probably a good thing. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I don't think I'll do it again. <laughs> oh, come on. We've got more to do yet. Okay. Right. It's um... nice to have a theme. Sorry. It's nice to have a theme, isn't it? If you're not drinking, have a themed buffet. You know. Okay. Can you do me a favour? It's always good fun. People need to get to know you a bit better. So let's just spend like five minutes or so talking about the themed movie nights that you did at your workplace. Oh, well, see, so yeah, I did a film night. I did Dalek Invasion of Earth uh, as one of them. So the entrance doors, I did like a TARDIS. So you walked in um, and I had a TARDIS background for for the bar, sold sugar puffs on the bar. You know, as, as a tie-in, um, a little lava lamp and Did stuff. Did anyone buy it? Really good fun. Huh? Did anyone buy the sugar puffs? No, but they were there, <laughs> and it added to the added to the theme of the event. <laughs> and uh, you did a labyrinth one as well, didn't you? Oh, labyrinth was amazing. I got so many like twigs and bits of ivy and stuff, and covered the whole uh, bar area in, uh, made it real, and put up. Basically, it was photocopies of bricks, and I stuck them all onto the walls, Honestly, so people look like guys, a labyrinth. I've seen pictures of this. It was incredible. Like, the effort. We had dry ice. Yeah, and cobwebs and stuff hanging around and stuff, and lit it really well. Yeah, that Maybe was really good fun. you working in a fucking theatre, you know, because if you put all this effort into, like, a cinema screening, it would be incredible. <laughs> um, was there so anything else? Question. Oh, Here's you... a question. Oh, yeah. If you were going to have a themed party based on a Doctor Who story, which story would you choose? Oh, that's a good question. Mm, if I wanted to drag up, I'd probably do the Happiness Patrol. Um, plus, I could have all manner of uh, all sorts. What they call licorice all sorts. Yeah, you'd have to serve licorice all sorts. Yeah. Um, you'd have a little. What's that area that they have to stand in when you're the waiting? Sort of in the prison. Wait, where... you have to have that in the corner. So oh, yes. if someone smiled or something, you'd, they'd have to stand in the corner. Uh, yeah, I'd be like, cross that line and you're a dead man. Yeah. Um, or maybe I'll do the Aztecs, you know, and I could, I could create, like, your taxes too. Okay, you serve, you'd serve. have to serve, like, hot chocolate. Yeah, um, yeah. Oh, and you'd have to have, like, halfway through the night, the sun would have to come up and you'd have to <laughs> not sacrifice someone, but someone would have to leave the party. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. 
sacrificed. If I was desperate, I'd, you know, if I had no money at all, I'd do a Sunmakers themed one because there's just no features in the sets at all. And I'd be like, well, it's just like it's just like the planet Usarius, isn't it? <laughs> oh no, it's Pluto, isn't it? Pluto. Um, but if I was really, really going to knuckle down, I think I might do an Androids of Tara themed one where you could have fabulous costumes and a palace set with that enormous clock up on the wall and the stained glass window. Think of it. would be good. You'd have to have a bit of fencing going on there, I think. Um, fencing? You know, what food would you have, though? Fencing? Well, we, you know, it was a sword fight. It's like fencing sword, uh, isn't it? And halfway through the night, I'd have the Tyron Woodbees just come in and terrorise everybody. Or, <laughs> <laughs> um, like, halfway through the night, you'd be like, No! Oh yeah, just have like a dummy set up so I can just smack it in the head. Everybody be like, oh. Okay, well, back at you. What would you do? Um, what a a TV movie, New Year's Eve party. Mm -hmm. That would be good. I'd Um, be like, my greatest achievement. Oh, oh. Everyone would have to dress for the occasion. I, I would be Professor Wag. Grace says that you have a big secret. <laughs> <laughs> well, and that, yeah, you could do it all like gold balloons and stuff, and you know, uh, anything else, good. anything a bit um, more elaborate, because that's quite—that's basically just a party. That's a bit dull. <laughs> yeah, that's an easy one. To do. No, yeah, but you know, you could serve, you know, like snake-themed canapes and stuff and play Madam Butterfly and things. I promise uh, you I'm not being rude when I say this, but that's a bit of a stretch. Come on. <laughs> right. Um, what other story? Uh, I think you could do it pretty much for any story. You could do a really good theme party. How about an e-space party? Oh, my God. Do you know what would be the most boring one of all? A space museum party. <laughs> oh, no. Everyone wears black. Or you either wear black or you wear white. <laughs> you either oh, wear, what is it? Everyone or... And everyone who has to come in, I will say, they've gone. And they can say, yes, my dear, but we've arrived. <laughs> <laughs> you don't get given a cardigan to unravel for the, throughout the night. Let's be honest, the most elaborate one you could do is a Keeper of Trachan party. Keeper of Trachan would be amazing because you start off, you'd have that, that music playing the whole night. <laughs> you'd have that nice break you'd have all the what they have on breakfast the aubergines and stuff all out um <laughs> you'd have to have some milkers hanging around milkers yeah uh, everyone would have to bring flowers that's right and um and i think of the costumes the, the, the elaborate costumes you could have you know you don't and, get oh, given a, a bracelet or a thing around your neck you can watch the um, screening in the massive source on the on the wall there we oh go. That could God. be your TV. Yeah. Be Let's cool. do it. And that, Let's do it. You have an art deco shower thing. Uh, this is an open invite to all Hamster listeners today. Joe and Mark's Traken theme party will be coming in 2022. I'm yeah. not sure if it's going to be in Eastbourne or Wales, but it'll be in one of them. <laughs> Everyone has to bring a plant. <laughs> You'd sit around with plant? plants. Yeah, that's the grove, isn't it? You'll sit around with plants. But I'm telling you now, if anyone comes looking crispy, they're straight out the door, all right? (laughs) And wipe your noses. I don't want any bogeys on display. (laughs) (laughs) We'd have to put leaves all over the floor. And then we'll get a wind machine. Oh, my God, we'll get a wind machine. And I'll I'll do the Margot van der Burst swaying back and forth like a curtain. (laughs) (laughs) 
<laughs> so that party uh, coming in 2022, look out for that. You know what, the ultimate the ultimate marathon would be to have a party for every single Doctor Who story in order. Imagine. Should, should we try and do it? Start with an earthy child. Okay. We'll talk. School theme. So that would be, well, school disco, basically. We'll talk. It'll be a hell of a lot of parties. School we'll disco talk. versus prehistoric disco. It'll be. What's the music she's listening to? Now, I'm basically stealing the flight for entirety theme tune because that is their theme tune there. Sorry, oh, Nathan. It? Yeah. Oh. Yeah. They've, and they've done different versions of it in the 80s, the 70s. As they've gone oh, through wow. the different eras, uh, into Rusty Davis, into Matt Smith, it's phenomenal. Mm. Um, okay, so this intro is now thirteen minutes long. Um, should we skip into part four of the Keeper of Draken? Let's go. Yeah, ladies and gentlemen, delegates and dravens, welcome to the Keeper of Draken episode four commentary track. Featuring Mark. Say hello, Mark. Hello. <laughs> <laughs> also featuring Joe. Hi. <laughs> <laughs> now, nobody will understand that at all until they go and listen to, which will come out before this, the two watch who 1960s uh, Doskers. Uh, All Stars Awards. All Stars Awards. Where Mark? Um, oh my cat! Good grief, Mark! Can you explain about this while I let the cat out? Okay, so on to watch who uh, we do a regular Doskers episode where we celebrate and award our favourite characters and moments from each uh, season. Uh, so when we finished the 1960s, we thought we'd do an extravaganza uh, and look back at the 1960s. So you know, best villain best monster best story you know that kind of thing so uh yeah and the results were very interesting they were very interesting and it was incredible fun to record so go and find that which should be released by the time i release this um oh and and there was an american lady that introduced it that's why you were doing the voice yeah yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> oh my god and in the convention literally we just could not stop quoting this american woman for about three hours. Well, she pronounced, I did tell her, I, well, I tried to explain how to pronounce Dravins, but it's Dravins, but I kept, kept it in because it was funny. So it's Dravins Freaking from hilarious. now on. Dravins. Um, Dravins. So Mark, you need to do another, another Keeper of and themed counting. You want me to, sorry? Yeah, this was your intro. Oh, is it my intro? Oh, of course it is. Okay. Um, Okay, well, let's go. Okay. Um, you need to go first, don't you? Um, <laughs> we're just going to do a normal intro. I okay. can't do that song again. <laughs> go on, I'll do, oh, the song. On, okay. I'll do the song between okay. the numbers. Okay, you do the song. Okay, okay. five. Da, 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 da. Four. Da, 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 da. Three. Da, 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 da. Two. Da, 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 da. One. Okay. I'll count you in, all right? Okay. Ready. Steady. Go. Go, go, go. Okay, I'm pressed. I am. Episode Here we go. four. Now we know the master is in this now, don't we? Yeah. We do we know like okay. 
let's just pretend we don't know anything about Doctor Who and we're just watching this story for the first time. Well, we know it's Doctor Who, but we don't know the master. God, can I do it? Can I just do it? <laughs> Would one we time? know it's the master? Because you just said it then. Can I do it one time? What? Very first time. <laughs> But what I was trying to say before was, okay, the deadliest assassin was how many years ago? Who is, you know, the general viewer going to be like, oh, there's crusty hands. I know who that is. Or is it just going to be, or is it going to be the, the fans at this time being like, oh, I've heard the master's coming back. Oh, yeah, that's him. Or is it going to be a complete surprise? Um, well, I think... So, so like uh, regular contributor to this podcast and pure ball of sunshine, Cy Hart, first started watching Doctor Who in season 17. So he wouldn't have a clue about the deadly assassin. So to him, it's, it's a completely new villain. But to members of the frankly ungrateful and whingy um, Doctor Who Appreciation Society, um, this would be like, oh wow, I can't, I've got to say yesterday, so you know, like, but but they would kind of know who the master is, given his crispy appearance. But I think we don't actually hear the word master until this episode when the doctor's in the master's TARDIS, because the doctor says something about, oh, that's familiar, or I, I think I've met him somewhere before around this point, but we don't. Yeah, I know it's interesting, isn't it? Because if you don't know the master is the impact of this less is it just like oh well, who's this guy like i don't i've always watched it knowing i think i knew it was the master when i first watched this well did um, you watch you saw the five doctors first didn't you so you would have seen auntie amy as the master before you yeah so this. i would have known so when he yeah and i i would have known crispy master i think i would have known crispy master, crispy master. Um, it sounds like a fucking dish what you got to know? Like at our party. Crispy master. <laughs> Crispy master kebab. Just <laughs> <laughs> burn the meat. Yeah. Um, but does it does it change the way you look at the story if you don't know who the master is? You like, oh, so it's some guy. Who cares? Well, see, I wonder if people. Thought, so, I one of my friends who was new to the show with the new series watched Utopia, and she, you know, the build up in Utopia is incredible. Um, and he's like, I am the master. And I remember her texting me going, well, who's that? <laughs> like, she thought it was going to be someone who'd already been in the series and had been relevant in the new series. So I think there's, yeah, there's a, there's a trade-off between whether you're new to this or whether you're an experienced Doctor Who fan. Absolutely. Um, mm. But I still at, think... At this time, in season sorry. Well, I, was to say, I still think like the moment at the end where he takes over Tremas's body, that's effective because we've grown to like Tremas. True, yes. Yeah. Hmm. But in, at this point, do you think it's, it is a bit too geeky, not for the general audience already? At the, be you know, at the beginning of the 80s. I don't think it's too much here. Um, perhaps in Legopolis, where they're bringing in the CVEs and, and all of that kind of continuity. And I think it's well done. And as a fan, it's very well done. As a general member of the audience, like, remember, this season did take a massive dive in the ratings. Yeah. It's, yeah. Because what was up against this, Buck Rogers? Yeah. Bitty, bitty, bitty. Oh, I like Buck Rogers. Bitty, bitty, bitty. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> oh my God, I love the Buck Rogers song. How does Isn't it go? that really good? 
Da, 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 da. Oh, I can't sing. Why do I always end up singing on these things? Wasn't Buck Rogers da, da, like quite handsome? Da, 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 da. Sorry. Was Buck Rogers quite a handsome man? I think he was. Oh, was all right. The robot was amazing, though. But yeah, the, he, he was, was it like, Wilma? It was the girl, Wilma. Yeah, it was. <laughs> it was like hyper camp, wasn't it? But it, it kind of had that flashy American feel that Doctor Who didn't. You know, and I think the production value in season eighteen is pretty good for Doctor Who, but it still wasn't competing. Like Buck Rogers was all on film, wasn't it? And with like flashy model work, and you know. But you have like Buck Rogers, and then you have that picture of that pyramid in Legopolis on the Cardiff screen. <laughs> yeah. You know, <laughs> like Amstrad. Like, but no, actually, keep a truck, and I think could stand up. You know, if they land, I think you know Buck Rogers or Battlestar Galactica or, or whatever. If they land on a planet in America, if the only difference is it's on film and this is on video in a studio. I think you've touched on something there, though, because I think Buck Rogers just kind of looked the same in every episode. It's kind of glitz, glamour, high camp American. Whereas Doctor Who's different every week, and depending on the designer, and the one here is especially strong. It can look visually sumptuous, mm. you know, and and unique as well. Yeah, you're not going to get yeah all the, you know, you're not going to get a Melka in Buck Rogers, are you? You're not going to get like Cassia's makeup and hair and those eyes and you might get the, the performance. You're oh, not no, going to get either. Oh no, they're pretty over the top in those American shows. I wonder if the kids at home were playing like, guess who's going to be the keeper. My money would have been on Kameka, not Luvik. No, yeah, I don't think they were guessing that. <laughs> <laughs> well, it's like, what is it Pip and Jane say in the Terror of the Bird Boys commentary? We wonder if the kids at home were like, who's the murderer? <laughs> <laughs> it's fucking everyone in that story. They're all up to no good. Uh, this is very comfortable in the TARDIS already, isn't she? Yeah, well, you know, you see when she goes around people's houses, she just makes herself at home straight away. <laughs> Stop unscrewing stuff. It's because she's like she's she's supposed to be royal, isn't she? So everywhere is her domain, isn't she? I thought she was supposed is to she? be like. Well, is she's... that why there's nobody around? Is this like a royal inner sanctum? <laughs> You're obsessed about there being no one around, aren't you? Well, I think there's a fair, <laughs> there's a fair few extras milling about sometimes. There's quite yeah, a number guards. Of... No, the guards. There's quite a number of guests at the party at the beginning. Well, they yeah, but they're invited specially to the palace for the wedding, aren't they? Walking around with their goblets. <laughs> Do you feel like this is an appropriately dramatic climax to the show? Um, I do you know what I think it might lag a little bit in this beginning of this episode. I think we're getting part three syndrome a little bit here, a bit later. Yeah, because I feel like that that happens in Legopolis as well, but it's in part three when they're just walking around and Adric's reading out maths to everybody. I'm like, oh. <laughs> um, you know, the universe is at threat by the end of it, so that's great. I mean, it's not great, but you know what I mean? It's exciting. Well, we get Melka in the chair, though. That's interesting. And I do and like the bits, the bits where... Even now, there's so many keepers in this. I've counted ten keepers already. Jesus. If you're drinking along, oh, well, I mean, I can't keep up. <laughs> I do like the bit where Melk has taken over people and like pointing guns at people's heads and things like that. That's pretty cool. Oh, that's a good, yeah, that's really good. I mean, it would have been better if he'd like literally blown someone's brains out like Neiman. 
<laughs> yeah, great on kids TV. They, they could have got like a, a melon and, and like done a quick cut of the melon exploding. I don't think Mary Whitehouse would appreciate that. To me, I think. Oh no, sorry, I'm not going to do that again. <laughs> What's she saying? Doctor Who. <laughs> What? No, she doesn't sound like that. Is she American? No, I watched an episode <laughs> of Doctor Who. No, I'm still... <laughs> Where Doctor Who was drowning. You're terrifying me. <laughs> and they had that image in their mind. For a whole oh. week. <laughs> People with a brilliance in many ways couldn't have extended their awareness. Not only to their cameras, but to the effect on the child that's sitting there at home. I don't think any children were traumatised by the Keeper of Chalk. I started reading her book. She wrote a book in the 70s, I think. Why would you do that? Um, did I what? Why would you do that? How would I do that? No, why, why would I do that? Why would you do that? Not, I know how you I read a book. I... <laughs> <laughs> no, I thought it was quite interesting. Uh, I only got off sort of halfway through. And she basically, yeah, she was this teacher and she's uh, she explains how she came to sort of set up the organization and the reasons for it and everything. But then it lists all these different things she's watched and all the sort of sex scenes and all the bits oh, in it. So it's like a guide. No. It ends up being a bit of a guide to like, <laughs> these are all the good bits in the film. So can I tell you a little story now? Because Lucy McCall that's featured on this, she works in a library and they have documents of the letters written by mary whitehouse and from audience members to mary whitehouse can i read one out to you because it's hilarious okay hang on um my name is margaret colville and i'm eight years old mrs whitehouse and i have got two little sisters and we always watch doctor who so please leave it alone please we like it as all the rubbish on TV. Now, Doctor is the very best thing to watch. We all think it is great. Think about all the children who like it as well and leave us with something good to watch. From Margaret. <laughs> oh. Isn't that wonderful? So even the kids were telling her to fuck off, honestly. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, I, she's complaining. I mean, I, I, I doubt she complained about Keeper of Charkin. Um, maybe about the acting, but nothing else. Um, but, you know, even Deadly Assassin or something like that. I think there was occasion... Okay, I'm not, I'm not going to go with full Mary Whitehouse now. There are a few occasions where Doctor Who crossed the line, I do think, for children. And I would be unwilling to put, like, a five- or six-year-old in front of it. Um, really? Yeah, because my niece, when she was five or six, like, she couldn't handle the Sarah Jane adventures. So, like, I would not you know, put her through sequences of a samurai cutting Tom Baker off a ledge or him, you know, being drowning or spiders or clowns. Like, that's, there's a lot happening in Deadly Assassin. Oh, I suppose so. I, I, it's never, I suppose I was a bit old. Well, what was I, seven, eight when I was watching Doctor Who? So I probably was, I wasn't that young I mean, you were watching as, it. It never scared me like that. I think um, my sister-in-law, though, when she was young and season 24 was on, like the seventh Doctor and Mel was her time, she was terrified of the cleaning robots in Paradise Towers. She still, but she will never watch it. She's like that terrified her so much. She never watched Doctor Who again and she hates watching Doctor Who. Do you know what and you should the do? Clean, she always says the cleaning robots 
terrified her. Do you see her at Christmas much? Hey? Do you see her at Christmas much? Yeah, sometimes, yeah. So next time there's a lull in the conversation, just start going... <laughs> she'll be like oh my god it's the cleaning room of oh, music she really doesn't like doctor who um oh well in my experience um people don't but they're mad people so and can i just ask he just plugs something into the console then that is that supposed to be the source because it looks like a small plastic ball not that impressive i don't glass know i'm thing. not i haven't been following what Adric's oh. been up to. He's been tinkering all this time. We've been chatting. Well, he's flirted with Nissa a bit, but that's about it. He hasn't really done all that much. Adric's very comfortable. Like this is his first um, foray into normal space. He's just come out of East Space, and he knows what he's doing. He's been left alone on the TARDIS, hasn't he, to do whatever. He seems to know a lot. I, I don't think you've ever earned your geek stripes more than when you've just said this is Adric's first foray into normal space. <laughs> oh my god. <laughs> you haven't wasted your life, have you? <sighs> Can I ask you a question? Right, like, in all seriousness. Everybody. Sorry? Sorry? Go on, say again. I was just I was just giving everyone an update. We've had seven Melkers, seven oh sips of Melka in this. Like you've obviously seen these stories a lot. You've probably seen Keeper of Trakan a fair few times, yeah? Mm. Mm. Why do you go back and keep watching it? Oh, that's really tough. I don't know. That's really tough. That's a really tough question. Well, it's I just fun to watch, isn't it? It's just a comfortable thing to watch. Okay, well, here's another question then. Why? Why Doctor Who? Like you, that's another tough question. You love Doctor I, Who so much. I don't know. I like... Because when you watch Doctor Who, there's so many different, you know, there's 60s, 70s, 80s, up to up to now. There's different, and it's all different types of television, but it's the same show. And it's got that continuity. It's got that history, which I quite like. Um, that's a tough question. I don't know. I don't think there's an actual answer to that. It's just you either like it or you don't, or you're interested I, I, in it or you're not. I think I could give it a good stab. Okay. Like, Doctor Who stimulated my imagination as a child um it introduced me to lots of types of storytelling it got me really excited about like a body of work because when i came in it was mccoy so they were doing all of this work already um as i've gone along um it's uh given me skills like i've written thousands of reviews about doctor who now it's given me podcast skills as well where i'm talking about it all the time it's introduced me to fantastic people like you. Um, like, why Doctor Who? Like, because it it gives you so much. There we go. Yeah, oh, yeah, I agree. You put that into very good words. <laughs> you, you're like, oh, I'm not sure. <laughs> <laughs> well, it's difficult to say. It's just always been there. I never thought of it not being a thing. It gives you an excuse to have a conversation on a work evening with a naked mannequin with red eyes. <laughs> <laughs> oh God! Did when you, I first got the, uh, when did I get the VHS? I think my friend Thomas in primary school had the VHS of Peter Drakon before me. Okay. I think I borrowed it off him. As long as that was yeah. all you borrowed off him. Um. <laughs> sorry. Oh, look! Look! Trimus has got a gun to his head. If they have like replaced that with a melon. <laughs> You could have had a fantastically graphic shot there. 
Tom Baker's not looking at anybody again. Although, according to you, that's just great acting. Well, I think he's doing a good. Yeah, it's good. It is a bit. I tell you what's a bit naff is that this all ends with, and a lot of stories in series eighteen that kind of end like this. It's like, okay, we've got to make the circuitry work and plug it in, and that'll be that same today. You know. I will say that you know Adric's. Adric does a lot in this. He's the one working it out. Him and Nissa together. Because the doctor's not doing anything right now, the doctor's taking over. Um, Adric gets a lot, a good part in this, which I, I think when later on, when Tegan's in, and later on into the next season, he doesn't get that opportunity. No. Well, I, I, I feel like in Traken and Legopolis, uh, he's more like the doctor's protege, like protege, or prodigy. Um, and then in season nine, why are you laughing? I'm not. I'm sorry. In season 19, he's just like a a brat, isn't he? Like something something changes. I like Adric in this. I don't like him as much later on. Why isn't he here? Why is he never around when you want him? <laughs> want him. <laughs> <laughs> I love that bit in the visitation where he's like, "Look out!" and he tries to attack the android and kicks it up the arse, and then the android just pops him on the head. Oh, the doctor's going into Melkor. Oh, there's the doctor. In, he's going into the Art Deco shower. So now we're going to have the confrontation between the doctor and whoever's inside the Melkor. Is it just Melkor? You know what? Like, I keep saying the Melkor. Melkor, I think. Okay. Not the. I think it's. How are you today, Melkor? How are you today, the Melkor? Ending Melkor. Yeah, it doesn't really work, does it? Yeah, okay. Mm. What excites me about this scene, or excited me at the time, was seeing the sort of well, they're not wooden roundels, but the the rather tardisy round bits, but in sort of mahogany or whatever it is. In a minute, there they are. Or, they, or is it just black? Okay, they're just black. But <laughs> it excited me to see different roundels. <laughs> is that what excited you as a child? Yeah. Wow. Yeah, that's what it's, that's Roundel's excited me as well, but not in the same way. <laughs> I have no idea what you're referencing. I'm putting that down as a drink, everybody. <laughs> okay, so you think that's better makeup than the, the assassin? Oh, of course it is. Look, the face can move. In the Deadly Assassin, he's got a, a face that the mouth doesn't even move in Deadly Assassin. It's a mask. You know what he's it's got a plastic there? mask. He's, on his lips, that he's got... is proper makeup. On his lips, he's got painted on teeth. I think that looks good. Oh, and okay. also, have, <laughs> do you, in a minute, you will recognise, or you should recognise, the back, when you see the back of his costume, do you know what that's reused from? The Deadly Well, okay, I'm getting, no, you, I'll, I'll point it out when it comes up. When you see the back of the Master's costume, it is a re, I'm pretty sure it's a reused costume from a story previously. Okay, uh, point that out. Look, you see the, the, the cuckoo clock, the clock behind him there, yeah? Mm. That's the Master's TARDIS. So what's he in right now? Look, there you go, look, what's that? Master, what costume is that reused from? Oh, oh my God, is it one of the creatures from City of the Exelons? No, 
It's a crawl, isn't it? It's the crawls. Oh, I recognise the sort of. I'm pretty sure. I mean, I'm not like that factual, but I'm 99% sure that is a crawl outfit. It makes no sense, Stigrun. <laughs> what, what are your thoughts on that um, window smashing sound effect as Tom Baker goes through some Sugar tracing glass. paper? Tracing <laughs> paper. Oh, they tried. Oh no! Look, more wind acting, and there's the two of them uh, the back again, going back. Why do they even need to be there? It's so far. Oh, here we go. Say it. Go on. Three, three, seven. And that Matthew Waterhouse tries his best here to do like wind acting. And oh, she... the bit where he goes back. <laughs> you still didn't answer my question. If the Master of Tardis is inside that Tardis. Whose TARDIS is he in there? I think the TARDIS reshaped and modelled itself on that clock. I don't think they're the same no, thing. No, 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 because when that set blows up in a minute and it's completely destroyed, he runs into his TARDIS and it takes off. You'll see it in a second. Oh. Or maybe it's already happened. Oh, I love Luvik here. Like, oh, I'm going to be the keeper. Yeah. He didn't want to earlier. He wasn't. He was like, "You're not good enough." Well, he didn't know what was going on. <laughs> oh. And also here, Tremus is not. Tremus does not care that Cassia is dead. His wife that he married the day before. He's like, "Oh well, never mind. Come on, let's go home. Let's just pack why? up now." Do you know why? Oh he's, well, I'll he's... go and I'll just sort a few things out. When he's on that Keep app, it. what's that app called again? Melker. Okay, he's straight on that app. Oh, like... Cassia's gone. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> That's because I'll tell you what, he's one of those people that like literally lures them in, murders them, takes their wealth, and then moves on. <laughs> <laughs> That's why, but yeah, it doesn't get, and Nissa doesn't get. I mean, yeah. Nissa didn't like that. That's a bit of a shame. There was no moment there where, oh, what are we going to do without Cassia now? I don't think no drama anymore. No, I know, I know. But you know, we did have we did have the master here. We did have like evil Melker. There was I thought there was a quite. This was quite a good climax. It, it does wrap up a little bit too quickly, though, doesn't it? I mean, I like this bit at the end. This is a nice. You're like, hang on. Like, if you don't know what's coming, you're like, hang on. Why are we cutting back to these guys? I have faced more disappointing climaxes in my life. <laughs> Drink. Through no, no. I'm talking about time lash and. You know, warriors of the deep. You... Also, this, this the moral of the story here is don't touch strange clocks. Did you say clocks? I said clocks. <laughs> don't touch. You would be like, oh, <laughs> like there's a clock here. I'm just going to change the time. <clears throat> Mark, how many strange clocks do you touch? Too many. <laughs> I believe you. <laughs> This is a good moment here. This sort of. Do you know what's yeah. Do you know what's rare about this? It's a cliffhanger at the end of the story, and that's rare. And it's a really good moment, isn't it? It's just like, father, father? <laughs> whatever, <laughs> not like that. Well, what is it? Where are you? No, okay, that's shit. <laughs> what, what probably should have happened there was what would have been nice would have been if the watcher had walked on. And been like, come with me, my child. Oh yes! Oh, that would have been amazing. Well, I mean, or, 
Well, no, or if there was that was seen in like episode three or something, where Nissa's just doing going to get some screwdriver and the watch is there, and you, there's no other mention oh, of it. Like a bit like until... in um, Turn Left, when Rose keeps turning up and saying, "You're going to need me one day." The watcher turns up and is like, "I will come in your future." <laughs> The watcher doesn't talk though, does it? So, well, that's no, but he's kind of ghostly. I bet, I bet he talks like Light from Ghost Light. What, like, you know, like, what's it? What's her name with the eye patch in with Amy? Like that, Madame you know, where just pops up, man. Yeah, like that, sort of just popping up, like looking through, you know. But she sounds like throughout she's throughout this she, she sounds like she's had about 50 a day. He ain't gonna sound like that. <laughs> <laughs> You're out, Miss Love. Right, I'm gonna be there in your future, so look out <laughs> for me, okay. Um, Mark, you have precisely two and a half minutes to explain why oh, people no. need to go to their shelves immediately, grab the Keeper of Traken and put it on. Beyond the joy of listening to it with us, you now have two minutes. Go. Uh, this is a beautiful theatrical experience. Oh. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> um, it's a really good Doctor Who story. It's a great just story in its own right. The Melka is amazing. Uh, the characters are amazing. Um, and it's a really good, fun watch. I think... We, well, that's uh, very well done. Thank you. I think that... Oh. oh. Yeah, quickly count. Oh, so, so for episode four, I did uh, six uh, keepers, five trakens, three melkers. Um, I, oh, I don't know the totals. A lot. There is a lot. Okay. Do not take a sip for every single word. It will not be good for you. I, well, I think well, basically we both just need to answer the question, are we still sober? I mean, I'm mildly drunk right now. <laughs> <laughs> I feel like this has gone very quick. I don't remember part one. <laughs> <laughs> it was just a lot of crudeness and camp quotes. Don't worry. Oh, um, I think what I can actually say is now you, here we go. I'm handing you your fan badge back after the three doctors commentary. That, oh, okay. that we now are convinced that you are a Doctor Who fan. Um, I mean, the fact that you have a podcast of your own <laughs> literally proves that. Um, thank you very much for being here. No problem. It's been thank, really good fun. Thank you for bringing Naked Cassia. Yeah, she's still there. And the ingredients for our truck and cocktails will be available when this podcast comes out.